Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned in to the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey everybody, this is your host, Andre Cherry, and you are listening to the Cherry Picking Podcast, which is presented by the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. And today's episode is a little treat because my good friend Casey Kane was on the podcast where we talked about week two college football. We talked about the LSU versus Texas matchup. We also talk about Maryland versus Syracuse and kind of dive into that beating that Maryland gave Syracuse this past weekend. We also preview the NC State versus West Virginia matchup. We are two big fans of those programs respectively. Casey, as you know, went to West Virginia, so we dive into the game a little bit, just preview the action for this weekend. We also talk about Maryland versus Temple this weekend in Philadelphia. That's a big matchup for Week 3 action for both of those schools, and we just have fun on this episode, which is actually my first remote interview that I've ever done. I usually prefer to do interviews in person just because I feel as if you lose an element when you can't see each other. But Casey and I have a good connection, and I think it comes through on this podcast. So I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. And then I also want to call out that this is a tribute episode to my good friend Terry Boers, who was one half of the show, the Boers and Bernstein show on 670 The Score in Chicago. It was a very popular show when it had its run over Chicago Airways for over well over a decade. And I was so fortunate enough to be an intern on that show. And I frequently use the drop (laughs) at the end of my podcast. And just to give you a little background, it was something that Terry Boers used to do so famously on the Boers and Bernstein show. And it's honestly one of my favorite drops of all time. And I'm not, I don't try to use it maliciously. I'm not trying to use it to steal his bit, but really just to pay tribute and respect to Terry Boers because... I find that bite, that soundbite hilarious every time I, I listen to it. And they would use it a lot <laughs> while on Boers and Bernstein. So just a tribute. It's say thank you for you know what he's done to Chicago sports media. And honestly, I have fond memories of, of being an intern at 670 The Score. Casey is a scorehead himself. He's been listening to that radio station since day one. And traveling from Chicago to San Diego, and then I've been in Philly for over five years now, listening to 670 The Score was a piece of home. You know, I moved to San Diego alone, didn't know anyone, but the one connection that I had was 670 The Score. And I would listen in all the time to the programs on 670, and just, it helped me think of home. It made me feel at home and it's still a part of my routine today. I try to listen to some shows on there when I can, but you know, I still have good friends there and I'm really grateful to be a part of 670's The Score's tradition and being an intern there for one summer. And it just inspired me to do this podcast. Honestly, media in general is, is really a tough market to get into. If you're starting out, you usually are starting somewhere that's less desirable. Um, you're not really making that much money. And it's a grind. And I'm just paying respect to the people that are still grinding it out. I wish I could have done the same thing. I love radio. I love the medium. And I just I love podcasting. And I'm so grateful that I'm able to do this. And I'm grateful that I have an audience here. Because I honestly would do this for one person. And the fact that my audience has grown uh, so exponentially since day one has been really humbling. So thank you for following along with me. Thank you for listening and being a a follower and supporter of this show. I hope you enjoy this episode. 
and I can't wait to talk to you guys soon. So without further ado, here we go. All right, Casey. So I want to know, we, we're fortunate enough to have you on the podcast today, and we're now headed into week three college football action. I want to ask you, Casey, what are your thoughts on the season thus far? I know it's still early, but what are your early thoughts on how the season's played out? We've had some really exciting games early on. I really was glued to that Texas LSU game, and uh, I think that was kind of the highlight so far of the season for me, other than that crazy Army-Michigan game. What, what do you think? I'm right there with you in regards to the Texas versus LSU matchup. That was a primetime game on ABC last weekend, and I think it really lived up to the hype. I mean, LSU got the victory. It was a hard-fought matchup, uh, honestly, between two teams within the top 10 in the AP. We generally don't see that. Early in the season, week two, I was just really pleased as a college football fan to see a matchup of that caliber early on in the season. And it, it really lived up to the hype, man. I'm really excited for what LSU can do. Yeah. I think they're going to be a team that could be in the playoffs this year. Um, Texas, I think even despite that loss, I think they're going to be a top team out of the Big 12. I mean, they didn't they, they hung around with LSU. Yeah, it's super early, but the Big 12 right now is looking really top-heavy with it's kind of just Oklahoma, Texas, and everyone else. Yeah, man. I mean, Oklahoma, they look like they just are going to reload for the third season here. They've got a quarterback that comes in and is ready to go. I mean, Jalen Hurts, I think he set some records for the first time, you know, QB starting at Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. I think he had, like, I don't know, 300 yards passing, 100 yards rushing, a couple touchdowns, I think. So Jalen Hurts like looks like he's ready to go. And an early preview for Oklahoma versus Texas, it could be a shootout. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, when you talk about Oklahoma quarterbacks, I think it's really interesting to see what the other two former uh, Heisman Trophy winners do in the professional ranks because I'm always interested to see. Yeah, they looked outstanding at Oklahoma and they were high draft picks. So what what do they do in the NFL? And I don't know if you caught any of the games this weekend, but Kyler Murray actually uh, is the starter now for the Cardinals. And from what I heard, he had, and I saw only some highlights, that he had a shaky start, which you would expect for a rookie quarterback in his first game. And then he had a real nice uh, completion to Larry Fitzgerald that kind of set up that tie the Cardinals had so Kyler Murray actually a lot to be excited about I think right you know for a guy in his first ever game as a rookie he looked decent and then on the opposite end of the spectrum Baker Mayfield really struggled in uh, Cleveland's opening game so you know I know it's only week one in the NFL but it was just when you talk about Oklahoma quarterbacks I had to keep my eye on what those guys were doing in the pros this weekend yeah and I think I, I didn't catch any of those those two guys is games, but I, I believe the Cardinals, were they playing the Lions? Didn't they tie with the yeah. Lions in week yeah. one? <laughs> it was a, like, That's crazy. I, I think both teams are going nowhere, but it was just interesting to see that, wow, Kyler Murray actually, he looked pretty decent there right off the bat. And then Baker showed us absolutely nothing on Sunday when the Browns had a lot of hype coming into the season. But again, it's only week one. Who knows what's going to end up happening? One other notable college quarterback who I think made his debut in the NFL yesterday that I wanted to talk about because this was a guy that flew under the radar to me when he was at Washington State. And that's Gardner Minshew. Did you catch any of his action or what did you think about him at Washington State? So 
Washington State, I mean, they came out of nowhere last year. I mean, honestly, I, I didn't have them on my radar to have uh, such a successful season as they did last year. I think they, they won, like, what, like 11, 11 games or something like that? Like, they won a lot more games than I had pegged them for coming into last season. Gardner Minshew, he was a beast man for uh, the Cougars. And I, I heard that he stepped in for my guy Nick Foles, who I think is out for the season. Yeah, he has collarbone. a fracture. I don't think he's going to be – you're not going to see Nick Foles back with the Jaguars at all this season. I mean, at least you know, at least Nick Foles is getting paid. I mean, it sucks to be out. Um, and I, he's a competitor, you know, a Super Bowl MVP. But, I mean, at least the dude's getting paid to sit on the sidelines. But I think Minshew, you know, he, he has all the tools to be successful in the NFL. He's a guy that I, I really uh, liked uh, watching his game last season for the Cougars. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't catch any of that game this weekend, yeah. but I'm rooting for him, and yeah. I'll, I'll be watching moving forward. Yeah, Minshew was the sixth over. I'm um, sorry, he was a sixth rounder, the 178th overall pick in uh, this past draft. So that could be a massive steal, as as if we'll see as um you know time plays out what what that's about. But um you know he came into the game first ever game as a rookie when uh 22 of 25 had 275 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick versus Kansas City, who almost won the AFC Championship last year. So that was that kind of caught my eye. I was very pleasantly surprised to see him do that as a six round did, did Minshew still have that that crazy mustache <laughs> I think he still does have that yeah Minshew is yeah he does he likes that kind of throwback hipstery mustache you know <laughs> yeah he's still I just I just like his style man I mean if yeah. you're gonna pull a look off like that you gotta have the confidence to to lead a team into battle and get the victory, which is what he did at at uh, Washington State. I mean, he just had that confidence, that swagger uh, in his own way, and I think this could be his time now. I mean, mm-hmm. that's you know, I I think Jacksonville has the tools to be successful this season. I thought that they would actually go to the Super Bowl this year, Nick Foles. So, you know, if Minshew can you know be an adequate replacement for Nick Foles and just stay under uh, under control and and just play his game. Yeah. The sky's the limit for Jacksonville, really. Yeah, you know, Minshew does still have that stash and <laughs> I don't know if the stash <laughs> is making a little bit of a comeback because I saw that Aaron Rodgers was also uh rocking that kind of uh that stash. <laughs> oh, oh no, man. It seems to it's not going to disappear that stash. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, he remember when he came in as like a rookie and he was on the bench for like three seasons yeah. under Brett Favre. I mean, he was just doing all sorts of crazy stuff with his hair, <laughs> and he he can grow a crazy beard, man, <laughs> and, and crazy facial hair. <laughs> Damn. So I think that's probably a look that's here to stay I for think so. uh, Aaron Rodgers. Hey, I know we're getting. Um, we always like to explore kind of the fun side of college football. I know you talked about the BYU mascots dancing on a recent episode, and I I always loved the hoopla and the pop culture that can surround college football. So having said that, I was curious, did you get to see uh, Matthew McConaughey make his picks on the college game, game day? <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw Matthew McConaughey. He rolled up in uh... – I don't know if it was uh, Lincoln or what a Buick. I know he's on sponsorship with Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, he's on. He a, rolled up in yeah. this old school caddy or something. Yeah, he's a guy that I I enjoy. I enjoy seeing some celebrities support their teams. And Matthew McConaughey, I mean, he's that dude for Texas. Yeah, I don't think he played football, 
but he went there. I think he's also a professor at Texas or something. Oh, yeah. And so uh, it's just cool seeing a guy like him because he's so cool. And mm-hmm. he knows about the game. He gave his picks on college game day, and he was fully invested. I saw him on the sidelines, and uh, I had tweeted something out about, you know, if Texas made the comeback in that game, that after party's got to be – it's going to be popping off. <laughs> I want that I want that invite. You know, I've heard – I've heard rumors that he's done that before. He's had the team over. I think after they won the uh, national championship, he had the team over in California. Okay. But, uh, yeah, man, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed I, seeing him there. I know he hangs around the basketball team a lot, too. You know, they're not, they've had a lot of struggles recently. But, yeah, he's 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 UT all the way, man. Yeah, that's a, a segment of college game day that I really enjoy, just seeing those picks and seeing the celebrities that come yeah. and give their predictions because usually they're pretty knowledgeable about uh, college football and it's really just cool seeing these celebrities speak on the game that you know we all love just getting their insights and opinions on it i think it really just adds additional color to that program and you know you cannot not love lee corso on college game day when he's giving his picks <laughs> like I, that's the that's my favorite part is just seeing Lee Corso give his picks and then the way they bring the head the headgear on, they have a little banter. It's like usually Herb Streak and Lee Corso like do this little skit mm-hmm. and then it's like, Oh, you like the Buckeye hat, don't you? And then he's like, Oh, I did back in the day, but I really love the you know, the Wolverines mascot and it's just like that play that they have together is it's really fun, and I enjoy that piece of, of Cos Game Day. Off the top of your head, can you think of any other major celebrity? I mean, like Matthew McConaughey is like as big a celebrity as it gets. Can you think of any other celebrity that kind of is identified with an institution? I have a couple um, on the top of my head that I'm thinking of. What um, What do you think? Can you think of anyone? I want to see if you think yeah. what I'm thinking. All right, so off the top of my head, if we, we talked about the Rose Bowl uh, in that matchup, it was USC. The one that comes to my mind is Will Ferrell at USC. I know of he's course. a big-time Trojan. Of course. Uh, I'm trying to think where else. Okay. That, that was the one that really comes up to my head. Um, one other obvious one. You're going to be like, oh, how did I not think of that? How about The Rock with Miami? Oh, yeah. Yeah, The Rock. He you forget, I forget he played there. He yeah. was a... He was really good there before Warren Sapp took his spot. I think actually for the week zero game against Florida and Miami, he had done like a voiceover intro for uh, ESPN. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's like a big time Miami guy. I I was not thinking about that off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm Um, sure there's more. I'm just not thinking of. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Iowa, uh, I think like Ashton Kutcher. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, that's a good like one. A yeah, big, Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, he's loves, a big Iowa fan. Yeah, Ashton Kutcher loves Iowa Hawkeye football. He's also a Chicago Bears fan, one of the one of the few celebrity yeah. Chicago Bear fans. Yeah, and then you, you can't forget about Bill Murray. I mean, I know he loves Illinois basketball. I don't Vince think I've Vaughn seen too. him at – oh, yeah, Vince Vaughn, did he go to Illinois? Oh, no, he's a Chicago Bear fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know Will Bill Murray is an Illinois fan. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen him at football games, but maybe this season. I mean, Illinois, I believe, is 2-0 right now. Yeah. So I'm sure if they become relevant, you'll see the celebrities popping out the woodworks Yeah. Uh, to go to Illinois. But, uh, no, I, I love I love celebrities when they come out and, and support their teams. It just adds a, another layer of, uh, like, a connection with, mm-hmm. with the celebrities that you watch on TV or – musicians that you listen to on the radio so it's it's cool man it's good for the game yeah honestly 
Yeah. So did you want to talk a little bit about a game we had talked about in our preseason chat? And that's the upcoming uh, NC State Wolfpack, undefeated NC State Wolfpack versus uh, traveling to Morgantown to take on West Virginia. If you somehow beat Missouri at Como, you you get a win at home against NC State. You Casey's saying that they'll beat up. NC State. I'm not saying that they'll beat NC State. I love. I think NC they State. handle NC State at home. I think their their toughest matchup is going to be against Mizzou. In Casey's picks, in Casey's world, you're thinking if they can beat Missouri and then beat NC State, beat Kansas, they'll be 4-0 rolling into the bye. 4-0 rolling into the bye, but coming up at the other end of that bye, it gets a lot more interesting. Yeah, man. So let's talk about that game a little bit. So NC State travels to West Virginia, to Morgantown, to face off against West Virginia. And I just want to throw out some trivia for this game. And so on Saturday, this matchup between the Wolfpack and the Mountaineers It'll mark the 11th meeting between NC State and West Virginia. Casey, if you can believe it or not, this series is tied at 5-all. West Virginia, they posted a 4-1 record against the Wolfpack from the first game, which was in 1914 until 1955. The NC State Wolfpack have gone 4-1 in the five games since 1972. So if uh, the pass is any indicator of future success, the Wolfpack have a streak going right now, 4-1 since 1972. I think this will be a really good game. I know West Virginia got the loss last weekend against uh, Missouri, but NC State, they're 2-0. They're looking good right now. They haven't really played tough competition yet, and so this is going to be a big test. Even though West Virginia is 1-1, one and, one, and I don't think a lot of people are predicting them to do much in the Big 12, I would not sleep on this matchup against West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia is coming off a very tough loss. They went to Missouri and got absolutely destroyed. They barely scored. They barely put any points on the board. I don't think they got, they didn't get on the board until like the last quarter, the very end of the game. So very, very brutal road loss after their home victory over JMU, James Madison. So I, I know Vegas actually has um, NC State favored in this game by uh, six and a half points is the la- latest I saw. So I honestly, I mean, I don't like to bet the spread because it's so so hard, but I, I would honest, I think NC State's going to win, and I think they're probably going to win by more than a touchdown. That's how that's how disappointing uh, West Virginia football is honestly looking right now. Well, that's, that's interesting that you say that because I know that's a little bit different than the preseason, and obviously the preseason, everyone's excited about their teams, and so I cannot fault you for that. But yeah. as an NC State fan, I... I've kind of taken a wait-and-see approach, you know. I, I've got, I kind of have to see it happen before I can, you know, just write a, a team off, uh, such as its opponent this week against West Virginia. I think it, it could still be a really good game, and this will actually mark NC State's second trip to the state of West Virginia in as many years as the Wolfpack played and won at Marshall last season. Um, you know, they haven't faced a Big 12 opponent in nearly 16 years. And that was when Philip Rivers played his final game against Kansas in the Mazda Tangerine Bowl. I think Mark Mangino may have been the coach uh, back then. Wow. But yeah, NC State, they're looking for its its first road win at a non-conference Power 5 school since 2002. And that was Texas Tech. Uh, and on that on the NC State offense, they had Philip Rivers. They had my boy T.A. McClendon. Um, and I was watching that game. I remember I was back in, we were in high school back then, young guys, but 
But, yeah, man, I mean, this is a big-time game, and this would be a solid win for NC State if they can get it. But college football is crazy, Casey. You know, you see something one week thinking that you're thinking that the outcome will be the same way in, you know, weeks uh, after that that follow. But there are some teams that have confused me, uh, teams like Purdue. Purdue got a loss uh, in the first week of the season. They lost the lead. They had, like, a 17-point lead, and they lost I think to Nevada, but yeah. then last week they crushed Vanderbilt. And so, you know, I, it, football is crazy, man. It's like one week you could be good. The next week you might not have it. So I, I think it's still pretty early in the season and I'm optimistic that NC state can get the win. We'll see. And just the tangerine bowl, for those of you who don't remember, that's the modern day camping world bowl, which West Virginia lost to Syracuse <laughs> in a year ago. And speaking about Syracuse, man, what did you think about that game? Syracuse versus your hometown team of Maryland. Like Sir, what what did you what were your thoughts, man? Well, certainly Maryland is the home team here in Baltimore, there's no doubt about it. But I've always struggled with that being a diehard West Virginia Mountaineer fan because I was always taught growing up a Mountaineer fan that you do never support Maryland. That is one of the biggest rivals. So I can't say I'm too excited about that. Um, It's good to see them playing some respectable football now. Um, Having said that, I also grew up having a rivalry with Syracuse as West Virginia and Syracuse were longtime rivals. So, you know, it was the Big East. Yeah. Yeah, so that, you know, it it is good to see, if I can just be objective, it's good for the state of Maryland to see college football being relevant again here because, yeah, because, you know, the old saying, you know, it's crab cakes in football, that's what Maryland does. And and the Ravens looked great in week one against the Dolphins, so who knows about that. But, yeah, it's it's cool to see the Terps playing relevant football now. I think everyone is excited from Baltimore down to College Park. Yeah, Maryland, man, I, I have some interest in that game just because, or in that team, just because they played Temple this weekend at the link in Philly. Maryland, they have scored the most points out of any team in college football right now. They scored 142 points, and the defense held opponents to 10 points a game, which is good for 14th out of 130 programs in FBS. So Maryland was looking good, and they probably are playing inspired ball for their former teammate Jordan McNair, who had passed away last summer. Mm -hmm due to heat stroke yeah. and I think it I think it makes sense that they're playing well this year under a new head coach like Loxley mm-hmm. uh, last season a lot of turmoil with Jordan's death and then you know your head coach is out for most of the season you don't know if he's coming back or yeah. what the deal will be he eventually gets fired uh, in steps in Mike Loxley and I think he's really inspired that team and changed the culture around and you know Two wins, starting 2-0 and is great. It's not, um, you know, you can't predict that they're going to run the table this year, but that's certainly a good start for Maryland, and I'm really excited to see what Temple and Maryland can do this weekend because that is going to be one heck of a game. That's yeah. going to be a QB battle. Well, if the Terps can get by Temple this weekend, they will have be setting up for a monster showdown. It's actually going to be a Friday nighter, a Friday night game in College Park. They will play uh, on nine twenty seven, uh, September twenty seventh, and that's against Penn State. So that'll be huge oh, wow. if they can get by Temple, and 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 that's going to start off the Big Ten schedule for Maryland, and we'll really see what they're all about. Yeah, in the preseason, Casey, I predicted Maryland 
to get the victory at Temple. I think a lot of Temple fans thought I was a little crazy about that because Maryland has a new coach. Uh, the program is still kind of in turmoil, or so people thought. And I think this weekend, I mean, it's, it's certainly going to be great, a, a great game. Uh, the Temple Owls dominated the Bucknell Bison in week one. They had a bye last week, but yeah, in week one, the Owls set a program record for total yards in a game mm-hmm. with 695 and passing yards at 507. Um, and quarterback Anthony Russo became the first Temple quarterback to have two career 400-yard passing games. Wow. Uh, the defense, yeah, man, he's, he's a, a solid player. A lot of people think that he could have some NFL potential in a few seasons from now, but the defense also only allowed 21 yards rushing and didn't let the Bison into the end zone once. So certainly Temple played, you know, Bucknell Bison, not really a a powerhouse team. I believe they're in the FCS, but I think a lot of people are really optimistic that Temple can, can do some things in the AAC. And I think if they can beat number 21 ranked Maryland, I think that's certainly going to be a a great lead in to AAC play. So we'll see. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, you got Josh Jackson, who's just putting up monstrous passing numbers for for Maryland. And it's just going to be a lot of scoring going on, I think, at the link on Saturday. But I look forward to it, Andre. This was cool that we got to hop on a uh, on a remote podcast here. I'm down here in Baltimore. You're up in uh, Philly. It's going to be a Maryland Temple game. So maybe we'll have to think about doing a friendly wager on something uh, on Twitter later on. Yeah, man, a, a friendly wager with that game. I'd, I'd love to do a friendly wager with you in the NC State West Virginia game. That too. But um, yeah, man, thanks for hopping on here with me. Uh, this is actually my first remote podcast. So I'm really uh, looking forward to hearing how this turned out. And, yeah, yeah man, let's keep it going. Let's, uh, let's see if we can turn this into a weekly little spot. Awesome. I'm down. But before you go, Casey, yeah. I just want you to plug where people can find you at. What are you, uh, what are you up to, man? Okay, so I got two Twitter handles, basically. One is at Casey Talks Life, where I do a lot about you know how to podcast, and I wrote a book about how to podcast. I like to help people with their marketing and communications goals via a podcast. And then I also have my own little boxing podcast where we talk boxing history and characters of the ring. And you can find me at Clear Contender if you want to follow my boxing content or if you're interested in more of my marketing and communications content i'm at casey talks life thanks for the plug oh no problem casey thanks for hopping on here thank you for coming back to the show honestly you've been a great contributor to the cherry picking podcast and i'm excited to hear that how this episode turns out and i'm excited for the future to have you on more episodes man awesome I look forward to it as well see you, andre thanks casey <laughs> Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com. And if you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickingsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.